0: Today, we sit down and discuss the creative endeavor of the Nell Green interview with Remington Miller, the host. Miller is a journalism and English student and has been featured on local radio station KUAR, previous literary podcasts, and on NPR. She is going to explain the craft behind the production and a little bit more about Nell Wright. Please be sure to thank our sponsor, UA Little Rock, and their English department. Morning, afternoon, or evening, listeners. This is Remington Miller. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about the production and the analysis and the creative process that went into writing the Nell Green or Nell Wright interview. So, if you don't know, Nell Wright is a character from Toni Morrison's novel Sula. Now, Sula is the title character, but Nell is pretty frequently seen throughout the entire novel. I was really interested in like analyzing Nell because I thought she was a really interesting foil to Sula, and I thought that the way she would have answered these questions of this interview was really going to be really fun and creative to play around with. So I thought that I would go through a little bit of the text that I referred to and how I decided to write her character for the interview in the podcast script. So my first real deep dive into Nell, it actually mattered less about the Like actual response to her question but how I specifically scripted for her to be read. So the first question I ask Nell that's part of the interview and not just pleasantries is what do you consider your greatest achievement? And now we know through her relationship with Sula and Nell's like character background that Nell has been raised to be extremely image conscientious and fit the societal expectations and even gets frustrated with Sula later on in the novel when Sula tries to break away and do her own thing. So it made the most sense to me to have Nell kind of be a liar in the beginning. You know, um, Nell says, you know, I want to be a mother and a wife and serve my community. And that's like what society would expect a woman during that time to say, especially a woman of color. Um, the expectations to be this happy go lucky and serve people was a very like imposing expectation. And I specifically like scripted an awkward silence and having me as a character enter and encourage Nell to be honest, encourage like, encourage that relationship of honesty for the rest of the interview so that hopefully it would go along better. And I feel like it would have been untrue of me for Nell to have been as open or honest in the beginning because Nell is a liar. She lied about Chicken Little. Nell is going to lie in order to protect her image. And that comes up again later in the interview when I ask her why she lies. So I felt like that was my first real deep dive into Nell was writing her as kind of a fibber and kind of saying what she thought I wanted to hear. Now for the next few questions, I really focused on Nell's youth, specifically around page 59 of Toni Morrison's novel Sula, and I focused on the whole scene and then a lot earlier in the novel when Nell references being happy at Sula's house. I felt like when it came back to happiness, that was when we showed Nell happiest, was at those times when she was with a kid and felt like she could explore this idea and notion of happiness without really realizing it was more than just her mother than had those expectations on her. She kind of had this moment where she was kind of free of what the community thought, especially when she was side by side with Sula. So a lot of my text about Nell's happiness came from those early earlier chapters where it was like Nell as a youth and as a child before Sula left for college. Perhaps the earliest quote I quote is when I asked Nell the next question I asked her where was she most like to live and Nell to me was always going to be centered in the bottom that's why Morrison writes her as like Nell narrating the last chapter about what the bottom has become but because I wanted to show more the joyous side of the bottom and obviously if she's telling these listeners she wants to live there she kind of wants to showcase like the better half of it before things kind of went downhill or you know kind of went to the bottom but um so I use the quote from pages one to two in Morrison's novel, there will be nothing left at the bottom. The footbridge that crossed the river is already gone, but perhaps it is just as well. Just a neighborhood where on quiet days, people in valley houses could hear singing sometimes. I was selective about that quote and used some ellipses, but basically that captured the essence of where I thought Nell wanted to live. I think she wanted this kind of peaceful place, especially when she was left without Sula and without Jude. And I felt like she still would have answered that the bottom was the place for her. For the next question, I really focused a little bit on Nell's youth again, but then also like a comparison to like something Nell had actually said. So on page 18, Nell's mother who raises her and instills these expectations in her is described by the narrator as a woman who won all social battles with a presence and conviction of the legitimacy of her authority on page 18. So Nell kind of wanted a bit of that, a bit of being able to be like her mom and being in command. But then also, I quote Nell from page 29. I want I want to be wonderful Oh, Jesus, make me wonderful. And I felt like at the end of the day, if Nell was being honest, that's the only time we kind of see Nell try to self-identify that's not codependent with Sula. So I think that having a talent and kind of answering of like, well, I'd, I'd really just like to be wonderful because this was kind of a hard question to answer for Nell. Because Nell didn't really want to do anything but be right and good. And so I felt like this was the closest I could get to kind of a real answer while using the text and remaining accurate and fair. Going to kind of group the next few questions together because I feel like they kind of make the most sense. I ask Nell about her current state of mind I feel like Nell would give like an image conscious perfectly fine and try to move on answer. I just don't feel like you're going to get that emotional honesty from her and that'll kind of be delved into later on in this podcast where I explain but I'd like to save that for a later question. But the next question is what is your most marked characteristic? And I remember on page 53 Nell is described as stronger and more consistent than Sula and I felt like that description was really really important and how Nell maybe identified herself because she was always in that relationship with Sula and had that comparison that of course her main source of like identity and her characteristic would come from Sula which perfectly leads into my next question of what or who is the greatest love of your life? Now that one I took a lot of liberty with mainly because I felt like the text allowed me to. I felt like it was perfectly all right to think about how she really liked Sula at the end and she missed Sula. When she reflects on it, even at the end of the novel, she says that she it wasn't Jude she was missing all along that it was Sula she was missing all along and I really tied into that when I thought about this answer and I wrote that answer and I talked about specifically you know how at the end of the novel she's like we were girls together in that friendship and how difficult it was to lose that and that's why I felt like at the end of the day Nell really loved Sula more than anything else in the entire world and those questions to me felt like they could all kind of be grouped together and had the same underlying like essence the question that kind of ties into that same thing is when i ask Nell, what do you most value in friends and for that i really pulled first from morrison in page 29 where it's described as nell who regarded the oppressive neatness of her home with dread felt comfortable in it with sula and also a quote from page 51 They were solitary little girls whose loneliness was so profound it intoxicated them. Really I felt like Nell was lonely and she wanted to be seen and she wanted to have someone that no matter where she went as uncomfortable as this world can be for a society that has these expectations of women and especially women of color. She wanted someone who could understand her that way and make her feel comfortable and I felt like that's what she most valued in a friend. What she missed from Jude and why she felt like Jude was so awful was that Jude knew her and left her, but he didn't really understand her. Whereas Sula, coming from the same kind of disposition of being a woman and a woman of color, I felt like that that strengthened their friendship and I feel like Nell would absolutely bring that up and also bring up that she didn't want to be lonely and that with Sula, she wasn't. The next question was arguably the most difficult to write for Nell that I had to pick from this questionnaire option. So I ask Nell, what do you consider the most overrated virtue? And that, the problem is Nell considers these expectations kind of like bogus because she wants to be with Sula. And at the end of the day, she likes Sula and how Sula goes against them. But Nell would never say that. And I feel like it proves to me more that I'm writing Nell as saying something different than maybe what she actually believes. And so for this, I kind of pulled on Morrison from page 27, where she's Nell and her mother are talking she's talking to her mother and she said her mother says I don't talk Creole and neither do you and I felt like Nell felt really disconnected from her community and her family at that point and I felt like that was the closest I could write to most overrated virtue where Nell would have been honest obviously there were lots of other things that if Nell was a more honest and not image conscientious character I could have gone with but I felt like sticking here was like the safe critique of her mom because she saw her mom critique her mother and so I felt like it was safe to go here and that's how Nell would have answered. Next few questions I'm going to group together because I feel like the analysis I wrote for them also kind of they rely on like the same pieces of text. So I ask Nell what is it you most dislike and Nell gives like a broad kind of vague answer which I feel like Nell would give. I feel like Nell just she has a lot of things she dislikes but the good thing about her is that she dislikes them privately and that's kind of how she maintains her image. But then I ask Nell like a deeper question. What is the trait you most deplore in others? And there I really rely on the scene where Sula and Nell are at Chicken Little's funeral. And Nell is critiquing Sula for showing this emotion. And she thought that it was very inconsiderate for Sula's image and I felt like that was the main reason she was critiquing her especially as a child this shows how instilled this idea of image was on her. I feel like it was the one thing she could openly deplore that then tied into the next question of what is a trait you most deplore in yourself and for that I specifically drew quotes from page 52 where it says because each had discovered years before that they were neither white nor male. And that all freedom and triumph was forbidden to them. They had set about creating something else to be." I feel like Nell would absolutely give this smart answer that she wasn't a man, And she wasn't white and that those were the things she could openly hate about herself because they were things she couldn't change. Because if she admitted that there were things she didn't like about herself that she could change that would ruin her image. And Nell has this idea of keeping up this perfectionism. So I relied on that quote and kind of let it push through and carry her answer for that question. So these next two questions, I pair up for analysis, and they're very similar. I ask Nell, what is the quality you most like in a man and the quality you most like in a woman? So I picked these questions, and I ordered them that way to kind of highlight Nell's internal misogyny. So I picked up for the quality she likes in a man. She specifically liked made this comment of Jude saying that he liked her neck, and she didn't even know she had a neck until Jude complimented it. And so... I picked up on that little essence, I didn't exactly put that quote in my notes, but the quote I did pick for that question was on page 142, where she's telling Sula, you can't do it all. You a woman and a colored woman at that. You can't act like a man. You can't be walking around all independent, like doing whatever you like, taking what you want, leaving what you don't. And I felt like that quote really applied for both of them of how she viewed a woman's role and a man's role and then going on more so into what quality do you most like in a woman I picked a quote from page 53 where she's kind of describing her relationship with Sula because I feel like she would look to Sula for like the first of what qualities she likes in a woman especially at that point where she's already had this realization because I do this interview where it's set at the end of the novel where she's realized she missed Sula already and so I picked this quote that kind of described their relationship it's got um ellipses in it but it's from page 53 and it says as intense as it was sudden relief in each other's personality and I wanted to emphasize those two parts because I feel like that's how Nell viewed like it kind of ties into the quality she has with friends but also the quality she values in a woman that she should be able to find relief in that woman's personality and then I also went all the way back to Nell's youth and on page 18 Morrison wrote about Nell's mother She loved her house and enjoyed manipulating her daughter and husband. And I feel like Nell, at some point when she's doing this superficial version of herself, she wants to be like her mom and have that kind of control. But Nell is always kind of, through Sula, questioning and pushing those boundaries. And so I felt like all of those quotes and that analysis really tied into how Nell answered the question. So the next question I asked Nell is like low-key kind of morbid, but it was in the questionnaire. And I ask Nell... If you were to die and come back as a person or a thing, what would it be? This question was kind of hard to answer from Nell's point of view because I'd already hit on that ideally she'd probably like to be a man and a white man to see the world through that kind of privileged lens. However, I felt like a more quirky answer that would tie into the novel a little bit more is she'd want to be a robin. All the robins that died and fell from the sky at the bottom when Sula arrived, that was her omen. And I felt like Nell would be thinking of Sula after her death and would want her friend to return and to be a robin saying that Sula or someone else like Sula was returning back to a community that she would better, at least until she died. You know, even if it wasn't intentional, Sula did do that. And I felt like Nell would answer that and I feel like she wouldn't give an honest answer or like an in-depth answer and that's why she kind of skirts the like asking for more clarification in the interview. But then keeping up with like the morbidity I also decided to tie up this interview with like a lot of morbid questions and I ask now what do you regard as the lowest depth of misery? And from that I drew two quotes um one from page 105 where she asked Jude so how could you leave me when you knew me? And I wanted to kind of hit on Jude a little bit here. I have in the beginning, Nell describing Jude as late because I feel like she would never on air on recording admit that her husband left her. And here she kind of says left as in like left this world, but like readers of the book will know that he he left her after cheating with Sula. And I felt like that was kind of another way that I was keeping authentic to Nell's character by kind of keeping this lie. But also it was devastating for her when she felt like Jude knew her And left her. That was her response of Jude. Of how naked he looked doing what was wrong. And then I also tied in. Pretty much almost quoted this verbatim in Nell's answer. From page 108. Morrison writes from Nell's dialogue. Hell ain't things lasting forever. Hell is change. And Nell really likes consistency. And I thought that this was a really good way to highlight it. And use that question. And I felt like. Comparing it to Jude and then like using the scene where Sula sleeps with Jude and Nell is reacting was a really good way to hit that lowest depth of misery. And for the rest of this interview I really don't find specific quotes but more so specific moments in the book that as a reader not going back to look at the text I can recall and answer these questions. So the next question I kind of ask Nell is on what occasion do you lie? And we know that Nell was trying to lie to Eva when she visits her in the nursing home. And she's like, I didn't kill that boy. And somehow Eva's like, you watched. And they have this weird thing where Nell is trying to be like, I, I, why would, no, no, not me. And I felt like that was a really easy question to answer for Nell is that she's going to lie to protect herself and to protect her image. And then I kind of just go into what is your greatest fear? And then I really hit on that last conversation she had where Nell is walking out the door and Sula asks her, how did you know it was you? How did you know it was you that good, like that was good? How did you know that it was you that was the good one out of the two of us? And that really causes Nell to think. And that causes us as readers to think. How, how did we know that Nell Wright or Nell Green, but Nell Wright was right? And I feel like that conversation scared Nell. And I feel like that would be her greatest fear is that she, she figured out she was doing everything wrong. And deep down, I know that Nell probably in her, all her complexity considers the fact that maybe she was living her life wrong, that Sula didn't inherit like a loneliness that wasn't hers. But like, I think that at the end of the day, this is how Nell would have answered is that she was afraid that she had felt and she wasn't the good one. And I feel like not only could she as a person not take that, her image and how much she protects her image could not take that. And then for my last question, I'm like really excited to provide this analysis about because I wanted to talk about this in class so badly. I asked Nell at the end, how would you like to die? Now this is fitting in like the order of questions because we're beginning with, you know, what is life like? You know, what did you value? And we're ending with how you'd like to end your life. And Nell is now a little bit older. Sula's already dead. It's the end of the novel. All that's not written is Nell's deaths. There's a lot of death at the end of the book, but not Nell's. And so how, how would Nell like to die? And I decided that Nell would like to die in water. I thought it was so telling how there was a comparison between how Sula was like infatuated and obsessed with watching her mother burn. That chaos of Hannah being on fire was something that Sula who had gone against everything else and, and rejected all these societal expectations that she would want to die via fire even though that's not how Sula dies. Sula is obsessed with dying with fire not only because you know that's how you know Eva killed Plum that's not how her mother died like that's it's not just a reoccurring theme but I feel like Sula thought that fire was like an exciting riveting and like a burst of a way to go and that to me was like the most ironic thing because her last name was Peace. But Nell, on the other hand, Nell watched Chicken Little die. And from like the text, she asked herself, why did it feel good to watch? Why was it okay to watch Chicken Little drown? And the way that Morrison writes Chicken Little drowning is that he was laughing up in the air and then underneath the water, he wasn't. And I felt like it is so essential that Nell would want to die surrounded by that calm, quiet order that she'd grown up with, that it made the most sense that Nell would like to die in water, that especially I feel like Morrison exploited that when she was describing I feel like that was almost the reason Sula had to watch her mom die and burn was so that Nell could have this moment where she would look at the water and realize that that was like the most honest comparison for how Sula was used to and created for and comfortable with chaos and Nell was used to order but order in a way that is like suffocating and all-consuming and so I was really really excited to get to ask that question and I thought that was like a great strong point to end the interview on. Now that I've finished analyzing the interview, I'd like to go ahead and add in a little bit of like the funny stuff or the amusing stuff that I added. I add in breaks crediting u a little Rock's English department. I felt like that was funny. We've all listened to like podcasts where like ads like that have popped up. But specifically, I took the time to write the ad where Shadrack makes an appearance. Shadrack was almost someone I tried to do for this podcast, but he's so like discombobulated that I don't know if I could have sat him down for an interview that made sense. But I tied on the Motel 6 interview uh, of Tom Baudet when he's like, I'll leave a light on for you and the person that I asked to like record or like lend me their voice for that ad I specifically played like that audio and like that old commercial and was like this is how I need you to present it because this is how Shadrach is like coping with death can come at any time and I felt like adding that addition was just so fun I felt like it was a cool break I thought it was interesting most of the other breaks were really really simple and just kind of formal and I thought that having Shadrach pop up was really like a nice homage to Like, the novel Sula. I also added in a little break that wasn't as fun as Shadrach's, like, appearance, but kind of mentioning the old folks' home as to really give, like, kudos to the last chapter Morrison included where Nell is describing how the bottom looks now. And I felt like it was just nice, too, if we couldn't really get to that. Because we talked about the bottom as a place you'd want to live in in the beginning. And if I couldn't really fit the bottom at the end of the novel in in the interview. I felt like I could get it in an advertisement and it would still be just as good. So for the last closing remarks of this podcast, I feel like this analysis really helped me delve into what Nell as a character felt like she had to hold up and hold in value, and then what she really valued. I felt like this really allowed a more in-depth look and kind of like a fun way to explore Nell as a person, especially because we do focus a lot on Sula and more so how Sula makes Nell feel. And I really wanted to do a full overall analysis of Nell as a youth, which is important because Morrison includes a good bit of them as girls and that budding friendship and how it comes back and alters 10 years later. And so, At the end of the day, this podcast really was focused on Nell and Nell's growth as a character and really showed me how one can struggle with the idea of identity and the idea that society imposes on you as an identity. Thank you so much for your support and just a small reminder that this analysis of a cultural interview was brought to you in part by UA Little Rock's English department. Be sure to thank our donors and in Little Rock, I'm Remington Miller.